Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in the piney woods of northeast Texas. The sun's out. It's in the 60s, and I wish all you folks up north could be here with us. Bless your darling hearts, but uh, we are where we are. We do what we do, and, and uh, I thank God for this part of the world. I thank God I live in it, and I guess because I have all my life, I, I continue to say I just couldn't make it in the cold snow, and I'm not a cold weather person, but... If you have been all your life, I guess it helps you to be more of one. So we're in chapter 6 of Galatians, and we're getting very near the end of this teaching. We started this teaching in Galatians November of 2017, and here we are already three months into 2019. So after this Galatians teaching is over, we'll endeavor to go into a teaching on righteousness. It's mentioned 291 times in the Bible, and we'll, we'll cling to that. I tell you, I've come to believe you can't separate righteousness from anything to do with God and man's dealings and functions and fruit and all that. It's just you can't do it. And uh, But before we dig in this morning, we've got put together for you 11 CD new preaching series, The Cross Life. I must always... Uh, encourage people to get these because you can play them in your car, your truck, going down the road, out on your tractor, whatever, and uh, you need to understand the cross life. That's what Christians should be living is the cross life. It's $25. You can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com and tell us what you want. Make sure your address is in there and we'll get it out to you. Be glad to do it quickly. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 today. And we will start in verse 14, but before we do, let's ask the Lord to help us, to give us what we need today. We desperately need more than to get together and read the Bible. We need more than to get together and hear somebody teach or preach the Word. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to impart to our hearts, not, not think the message, the teaching is all for so many other people, but it is for me. It is always for me. No matter if I know it is for them, it is also always for me no matter what it is. So let's ask the Lord to give us that daily bread we need today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to have your word before us, your spirit living in us, and your desire for us to grow, to be fed, for our souls to prosper, and for everything about us to prosper. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share the bread of life today. We call his name Jesus, and I pray that we'd be found partaking of him, understanding him more and more than we ever have. Give us that which we need today. Impart into our hearts hearts, that which we desperately need, reveal Jesus to us more and more. And we ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus today. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 6. Now, think about again why, and I've brought this up throughout the uh, series and the teaching here of Galatians, is why this letter was written. It was written because the church was under attack by legalism, by people who just wouldn't accept that Christ and what he did at Calvary as the Lamb of God was the only answer. Or some wouldn't even accept that it was an answer at all. And some of the Judaizers said, you got to get circumcised, you got to keep the law, uh, you got, or you're not even saved in Acts 15.1, and, and others uh, would say that, well, you just got to add the law to Jesus. It's all right, but you got to add it. And Paul was saying, no, what the old is completely done away with and gone so that God could establish the new. And, and, and they're under attack. When you begin to believe that Jesus and what he did at Calvary is the only thing that God's provided for you that you really need for all the provision, uh, Salvation and all that pertains to salvation, which is the power of God in every, every single thing, it, it is included in that salvation package. The fruit you bear is included in that salvation package. And that salvation package only pertains to Christ and Him crucified in our faith there alone. And when you begin to believe that and share that, not just then, but in our world today, even more so now than ever. They, people will push you away. They will shun you. They will say you don't really know what you need to know. And, and they say that we don't really understand the, the Holy Spirit and the operation of the Holy Spirit, but it's they that don't understand all that. You know, there's people in the, in the church today who uh, they've heard the message of the cross, they push it away, and they're really chasing the Holy Ghost. But really, He's chasing them. Amen. 
to get them back in the truth, focused on the truth, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And as we've studied the book of Galatians, we've seen that when they begin to move their faith from something other than the cross, Paul told them they were falling from grace, a place where Christ couldn't affect them or profit them. At all. There's no maybes, mites. The book of Galatians brings on the scene for those who will be Bible believers, not those who try to reason other things in, because many do that. But those who are Bible believers have to admit that the book of Galatians refutes God is just going to do it anyway. He's not. If his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, that means he's offering knowledge and they can believe and receive and have that knowledge imparted. But if they refuse it, then they're destroyed. Uh, and Paul talks about that in a, in a way in Galatians, that you fall from grace, you're no longer profited by Christ, affected by Christ. And all throughout the New Testament... We're, we're called to remain on the path, to remain in the fruit-bearing place. And the letter of Galatians was written so that they could know that God still loved them. He was still reaching for them. He was guarding over them. How many of you know the Lord is not only the creator of the soul, but He is the lover, the keeper, and the anchor of the soul. And the soul can't prosper unless it's prospering through the Word He sent. And we've been ministering on that. But the Bible says as the soul prospers, then everything else will prosper. Think about that. Proverbs 19 says, He that keeps the law, his soul, he's keeping his soul. And we know we can't keep the law, nobody can, but they who keep their faith in the law keeper, Christ and what he did on the cross, they become law keepers and that's what causes our souls to prosper. Amen. Not sitting on your couch claiming what I'm saying at home. True faith goes to work. False faith is sitting on the couch at home. Amen. So don't ever forget why this letter was written. It was to get the church back on track, to keep the church on track for those who were struggling and were becoming unsure. Because when people you've always valued or, or you've always thought there was a move of God in their life begin to come up and refute what you're actually believing, it does make us stop and stand still and, and get in the Word to confirm what it is we do believe. And that's what the Holy Spirit did through Paul. He, they, were, they were in doubt. They were, they were under the gun by the Judaizers, the Israelites of, uh, who've had the law all these years. How could they be wrong? Right, right. God gave them the law. They're, Paul would say that they have a privilege. They've been privileged. They have the law. So see, things like that mess with us. Such as this. Preacher's been in ministry 60 years. How could he be wrong for 60 years? That messes with us. Over a billion Muslims, how can they all be dying and going to hell? That messes with us. But they are all dying and all going to hell without Christ. And the preacher makes no difference if he got in ministry when he was 15 and stayed in it till he was 105. If he never preached the message of the cross for living for God, he never was discipled even as a minister. He never, he never could teach discipleship. He never... Listen... If you got 500 saved people in your church and they're already saved, 500 saved people, what are you preaching to them if you don't know the message of the cross for sanctification? Mm -hmm. Think about those things. All those things mess with us. That's what comes initially to our minds when we hear the message of the cross. I'm talking about Christians. We, we, we're off track. We're out there in the purpose driven, the confess it, speak it, declare it because you're the prophet of your own life or the, or the Emmaus. All these things men have come up with and people are declaring it's working for them. Yeah. Well, according to the Bible, it can't work for them. And that messes with us because they're loved ones, they're friends, they're co-workers and, and people have an influence on people. Mm -hmm. People always influence people. That's why the Bible says, let no man steal your crown or take it. Let no man beguile you. Let no man deceive you because that's who's coming to do it. The devil, yes, is behind it and, and our flesh is involved, but it'll be a man or woman or somebody coming to steal what you've got. Always, and that's how, God, that's how God and the devil works. God wants to bless you. He sends somebody to give you the truth. The devil wants to pull you out of the faith and get you destroyed. He will send somebody, not some crackhead on the street, he'll send somebody that you value, you look up to. 
that don't know what's best for you, but they'll tell you they do. They'll cry with you and be broken with you and have an appearance, and they won't be faking. They'll really be into it, but they just don't know. And that, again, that's, I have to say these things. That's why the letter of Galatians was written. We, if we're honest, we'll admit we're easily seduced and pulled away. Every moment is a fight of faith. If we're going to, the Bible says in Acts, if we're going to continue in the faith, it's going to be with much tribulation. If we're going to, to enter into the kingdom, it takes faith, continuing in the faith. And it says right there in that one verse in the book of Acts that it is with much tribulation. Amen, Brother Curtis. It's not a tiptoe through the tulips. It, 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 the moment you stop taking every thought captive to Christ and His obedience unto death will be the moment you're backsliding. You are backsliding. And that's just the way, and that's what Galatians does. One more thing before we move on in verse 14. The book of Galatians, I've already said it, I've got to make sure we all know this. Not hear me say it. You've got to know this. You've got to believe this. Galatians was written to refute there being you any kind of trust in anything other than Christ and what He did at Calvary, and God just keeps on working anyway. You, that, that's not true. You have no Bible verse to prove that. You might tell me stories, but I hear people all the time telling stories. You have no proof in your stories that it's God. It's just your voice. The only thing you've got to confirm a move of God in your life is your faith in the blood of Jesus and the expression of Jesus and Scripture to bear witness with what you believe. If you don't have Scripture to bear witness with what you believe in its righteous context, your experience, it may be of God, but there's no way nobody knows that. See, boy, folk don't like that. You can't tell me I didn't have a move of God. I ain't telling you that. I'm telling you don't nobody else know it. A true move of God affects other people. It, push, it turns them to Christ. If that ain't happening, you got feelings and emotions going on. All right, y'all held me up here long enough. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Now Paul's getting ready to end this letter. Let me say it a better way. The Holy Spirit's getting ready to end this letter to these Galatians who are under attack. They're, they're suffering, man. They're, they're in pain. If you're, if you're confused, the yes. Bible says that ain't of God. And they were confused. You know what is of God? Blessed assurance. Assurance. And only the Holy Spirit can assure us. The folks that are out there teaching all that false doctrine, they may be sure of, of, of that whatever, but they don't have Holy Spirit assurance. He can only give that assurance when your faith is in the cross of Christ. He can't give you any assurance any other time. Oh, they're assured that what they're teaching is right, but it's not Holy Spirit assurance. The Holy Spirit assurance brings the Holy Spirit, the peace of God. And they don't have that. They don't have that. So what does that make them? What does that make them? Not being ugly this morning, what does that make them? Liars. Liars. They're liars. Don't think Brother Curtis is ugly. Jesus looked right at Peter and called him Satan. Yes, he sure did. <laughs> he sure did. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, that means boast, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Now, now this, this is powerful because, and I believe the, that the Apostle Paul got to this place through his own confusion. And a lot of times in our growing until we get to that place where we're determined to know nothing else and it can even happen after that, confusion can come. Again, but it only comes through people. What he said, she said, what they think, you've got to stick with the Word of God. You, you, you've got to cling to the Word of God. And Paul's brought to this place and he says, look, God forbid, and I always put an S on the end of that word forbid because God forbids mm, yes, me does. to boast. Mm -hmm. And there's scripture for that. 
How many of you love Scripture this morning? Let's read Jeremiah 9.24. You see, the Apostle Paul was a man of Scripture. The old covenant scripture I'm referring to. He loved the Word of God. He loved the, he loved the Word of God. He knew the Word of God. And I believe everything that happened to him, uh, the Holy Spirit was ministering to him, the new revelation of Christ and him crucified, and really using the old covenant, the promise of the seed of the woman that would come. Watch this in Jeremiah 9.24. This is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. But let him that glories, and again that word means boast, if you're going to boast in anything, boast in this. What is that, Lord? That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. Now think about that. God says, if you're going to boast, man, you better be boasting in that you know me and understand me. Now think about that. We know God only through the person and the work of His Son, Jesus Christ, at Calvary. And I always, when I see the word understand in my studies, just who I am as a minister, it always takes me back to Proverbs 2 and 6, which I've referred to so many times in this ministry through the years. But Proverbs 2 and 6 says... He gives us wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom, colon. And to me, that's very important because after the colon, he gets real specific is how his wisdom here is departed. And after the colon, it says, out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. What's that mean? That means his word. At, only through God's word do we have the knowledge and the understanding of who God is, and that, my friends, is the wisdom of God functioning in our lives. Knowing Him, understanding Him. How? By what He has spoken to us. And in these last days, the writer of Hebrews says He's speaking to us by His Son because Jesus is the living Word. So Jeremiah declares this. God's telling me to tell you, if you're going to glory, you better glory in this, that you understand and know Him, that He's the Lord, which exercises in love and kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, says the Lord. So we have a God, the God of the Scriptures, the God of all creation, the God who sent His Son to die for us, telling us this. So Paul, he says all of a sudden, well, you, he said, I'm not boasting in nothing but the cross. But God's already said, if you're going to boast in anything, you better boast in that you know me and understand me. And this is not a contradiction of Scriptures because the only place you can know God and understand God is through faith in Christ and what He accomplished at Calvary. That's where the loving kindness of God, the, the judgment of God, the righteousness of God, everything that's of God came through Christ and His death. So to know God, to boast in that you know God and understand God, it's not real in my life unless my boast is in the cross. It's in your Bible. Now folk that don't like this are still clinging to people. See, we've got to let go of people, folks. And we've got to cling to the Word of God in its proper context, which is always the context of righteousness. I can't wait to start teaching that series. Oh, I just can't. I'm already excited from what I've seen already. Now, this right here should be in every pulpit in, in, in the world. If you're boasting, in, and men boast of what they think's working for them. They got a program going. You ought to come to our church. God's doing a new thing. Get involved in this walk of Emmaus, the government of 12, the purpose driven. Or it don't even have to be that. It can just be something your church has made up. Come to our church. Man, there's not even books written on what God's given us. This is, this is a new thing only God's given us. Because see, that's what we like. See, that's pride puffing us up. We, we want everybody in the world to line up at our church. Mm, we won't have to build the biggest new buildings because God's done giving us something He's not giving anybody else. But I got news for you. God's not giving anybody today anything He hadn't already offered to everybody and His name is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. It's the only thing God works in and through to provide everything you'll ever need. And when you turn out to something else, 
you have to boast in that. And you're not boasting in that you know God. If you're boasting in that and that you know God through that and you're experiencing God through that, I'm not being ugly, but you're lying to yourself because some voice is lying to you and makes you lie to others. And the Bible says in the New Testament, put away lying. That don't mean lying about whose Twinkie that was on the table. That means put away lying. Quit pointing people to something that's a lie. If it's not the truth of Christ and Him crucified, it's nothing God can work in. And if God ain't working in it, why would I boast in it? My boast, God says, better be in. I know Him and I understand Him. And Paul comes along and by the this under the where we are as a church, he, he gives Paul this. You're to glory in nothing but the cross. This, listen, this ain't just some, something that happened to Paul. This is to all of us because Jeremiah's word was to all the people of God. What God gave Paul is to all the people of God. Amen. Think about that. As at the end of this letter, but God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I have to say it again. <coughs> Whatever we think's working, that's what we're boasting in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're sharing with yeah. people. That's why folk don't want to hear us. Because they really <coughs> put the cross in some latter day right. past. You'll have to excuse me for a minute. <coughs> I got allergies and it comes on me. It'll go away in a minute. But we'll make it through it. Amen. Amen. Or the rapture can come. Glory to God. <laughs> little allergies will be alright but and you know I didn't really plan on saying some of these things such as whatever you think's working you're boasting in it you're passing out flyers you're passing out works you know the, the, the church has stepped off into this big bunch of bags of stupid where they're trying to get people to take personality tests you find out your personality then you can find out how God wants to use you that's not true that's nowhere in the Bible. God doesn't use us based on, on any of that. God uses us based on our faith in His Son and His Son's work. That is the only place grace comes and grace is God functioning in your life. Mm-hmm. So, the only boast in the eyes of God for man to have is in the work He did in Christ at the cross, not what we do. It is always one or the other. Basically, that's what I've been saying. Your, your faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary because that's what works and that's what you're boasting in. Or your faith is in something else and that's what you're trying to get people involved in. And that's what your boast is in. Listen, you can't serve the law and grace at the same time. You can't serve mammon and God at the same time. You'll cling to one and despise the other. In the parable of the seed and the sower, the guy who receives, or the heart, we'll say the heart, not a guy, the heart that receives the word with joy and immediately rejoices. But the Bible says that persecutions come because of the word. They don't stick around. And, here, and I want you to think about that this morning. And we've seen it. On a constant, habitual basis, all the lives that we've been, all the time we've been saved in our lives, people will come along and get excited, and then they just fall out. Now, hear me this morning. They don't get offended with the preacher, and they don't get offended with whatever. They get offended really with the word. They they they, they don't like the the offense, the persecution, the criticism that the word is bringing into their lives. Well, let me tell you something last thing you need to let go of is the Word. Because you can't live by faith if, the, if you let go of the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So, I got two more scriptures. They're both in 1 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 1. Uh, let's read it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, Paul wrote this, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. I don't care what people say today. Paul's focus was the truth, which was the gospel, which is the message of the cross. And, uh, 
And that's when he goes right into the next verse. Because the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now let me say this this morning, and most won't like it, especially those who are caught up and under the bondage called the fear of man. And really that's what denominationalism really is about today. They're under the fear of men. And because it's establishments built by men. And... uh, uh, Those who are hearing the truth, the message of the cross, hopefully some of them that have rejected it, like I did, will come on board and surrender and give themselves to it because it's not something you add to your stuff. It's something you have to let everything else go and begin to minister. You have to get in the pulpit and you have to say, I've been wrong. I threw everything away that I ever taught, ever had in a notebook, ever had on a, uh, uh, what was it back then, VHS. Not that big. It's gone. It's nowhere to be found by anybody that could ever read it or watch it and get confused about what I was teaching. People say, well, you should have kept that for your grandkids. No, I didn't want my grandkids to ever see me preaching or teaching something and get confused. I want them to hear me teaching and preaching, and they always will now. Because it's out there on YouTube and it's out there on the website. It's out there on the cloud. They always will now. And they'll say, boy, he was a one-track mind fellow, wasn't he? That's all he talked about. I want that testimony. But let me, let me say this. All those who've heard the message of the cross and for whatever reason they've given, they've not accepted it. I'm talking about Christians. They're perishing right now. They're, they're perishing right now. Doesn't matter if they get into church and got the great music. Doesn't matter if they got a good show. God calls that form. If you're perishing, then anything you got going on is form. And you are perishing without the message of the cross. See how simple that is. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to. It's your prerogative. But I've got a Bible. I've got a Bible. And my Bible says those who refuse the message of the cross, they're perishing. My people, God said, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And again, that's not talking about knowledge they don't have when that verse is is recorded in the Bible. It's talking about they rejected knowledge, therefore I will reject them. Now think about that. Well, God don't reject people today. The New Testament says He resists, that's reject, the proud. You got to get this this little sweet Jesus in a white robe floating around like a ghost or an angel out of your mind. God is much a God of judgment as He is love. He says that by you know uh, through the prophet Jeremiah. What I like, what I take pleasure in, is righteousness, judgment, and loving kindness in the earth. That means functioning in the hearts of men. It ain't out there in a tree somewhere. Loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness functions in the heart of man if their faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. If it's not, you can put on a show like you're loving folk and you are loving folk to some degree in some kind of avenue but not in righteousness and and through God's judgment. Amen, Brother Curtis. I want more than form. I want the power. Hallelujah. If all there is is form, then listen, it's the folks who are coming back to the cross are the only folks who have any form and we're being conformed into the image of Christ by that form, that doctrine that formed us and caused us to be born again in the beginning. See, the right form of doctrine forms you into something. The, any wrong kind of doctrine won't form you into conform you into Christ. It'll conform you into each other. That's why you got folks all got to think they all oh, in our church we all wear long sleeves. That's because you're all being formed in the in, in the likeness of men instead of the likeness of the Savior. Amen. That's right. That's just real. That's right. I don't want to be like you. I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to be like my preacher. I want to be like Jesus. And the only way I can be like Him, the Bible says, is if I keep beholding His glory, I'll be changed into that image by the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 As long as I'm beholding that glory. That glory. Hmm. And we know what that is. 
So that's 1 Corinthians 1 and 17 and 18. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, Paul says the same thing pretty much. He says to the church in Galatia, I've determined to know nothing. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now what's so hard with that? You have to, man has to make something up he has to add to that his thoughts, which would say, well, that was because of Paul and where Paul was. That really hadn't got anything to do with us. That's been refuted this morning through the prophet Jeremiah. Do you know the Old Testament can speak to you? Do you know the Old Testament is still the Word of God? Do you know that the Old Testament, although it was type and shadows then, is light to us now? Because Jesus said the Scriptures were concerning Him. The Scriptures were about Him. So when you hear... you Listen, gee, listen don't separate... Uh, some. You can't separate some things. Just because that was law... It, listen, it's light to us now. And just because the New Testament says God spoke to the prophets and, 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 or He spoke by the prophets to our fathers in, in diverse manners, various ways in, in the times of past, but today in these last days He speaks to us by His Son, that don't mean that His Son ain't speaking some things out of the Old Covenant to us to help strengthen who He is in us in the New Covenant. Mm. You understand that? The old covenant is the word of God. Jesus said it was about him. It, and now it can, be, it, it can become a light to us. It, and what it does, it helps confirm who Jesus really is, who he said he was, and that he really did do what he said he would do. And the old covenant bears witness of that. We need the old covenant. It makes the light. See, it was, it, was, it was type and shadow, but today it isn't type and shadow. It has revealed to us the one who said, I am the light. So what was shadow, what was type and symbolic is no more. It becomes the very bread we eat if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the bread that comes from heaven. When Jesus walked the earth, there was no scriptures except Genesis to Malachi. And when he said the scriptures are concerning him in Luke 24, 44 through 46, and then in John 5, 39, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you say you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Listen, he said that, and John wrote about it, but he was talking about Genesis through Malachi. So don't get in some church that's thrown out the Old Testament. I didn't say you couldn't go to heaven, but I'll say you'll be lacking, my friend, hugely. Till you get there because if Jesus said the scriptures were about him and now they can be unfolded and, and grafted into my heart, I need them. I don't need them to be saved. I'm saved because I believe in the one I heard about that gave his life for me at Calvary. But I need to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And really those who throw out the Old Testament don't believe everything in the New Testament. Because the New Testament says what was written of old was written for your admonition, for your example. What do we do with that? Hmm. All right then, praise God and amen or help me Lord, oh me. The only way we can know God is through the knowledge and the grace of His Son, Jesus Christ and His great atoning sacrifice. Therefore, Paul says, I refuse to boast in anything other. Thank God for these churches. God's raising up. I said God's raising up, preaching the message of the cross. They don't look like very much to be beholden compared to the big, beautiful, pharisaical and Sadducee realms of, uh, of religion. But the cross was the same thing. It didn't appear to be very much. But it was heaven pouring out the riches of all God would ever be to humanity. Think about that. So preacher, you just keep preaching the Word in the context of Christ and Him crucified, and you'll keep experiencing the power of God. Oh, they can have all the money. There's going to be a transfer of wealth in the days ahead, and it ain't going to be from uh, the millionaires to the poor. It's going to be from the wicked to the righteous. Hallelujah. Hmm, that's what the Bible says. The Lord exercises love and kindness, judgment, and righteousness only through the work of Christ at the cross. Loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness are the only way anyone can know the Lord. 
Loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness is the only avenue anyone can know the Lord. If you're going to boast, boast in that you know and understand me. And God says, here's what I delight in. And I don't delight unless you know me. And so if you're going to know me, you're going to know me through my loving kindness, my judgment, and my righteousness. See, that's good this morning. I can shout hallelujah this morning. That's good stuff. We're crucified, he said, in the Scripture to the world and the world to us. Now, we, we could talk about that for a whole nother month. When, when Christ died, you died with Him. And all, the, all the, the, the devil, the world, our flesh and everything was crucified. I mean, He crucified everything in His flesh. He destroyed the works of the devil. He destroyed the works of the flesh. He destroyed, he destroyed everything that had power over us that was contrary to us. The law we couldn't keep that made us a curse and, and sinners, He destroyed that and gave us a brand new open door of life in Him to believe in Him. And everything is washed away and everything now for us is brand new. And, 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 and this is what's not being taught in the church. It has been a little bit over the last 20 plus years, a few 22, 3 years, and it's coming back in the church stronger, but not just everywhere, that we were crucified to the world and the world to us. There were, listen, listen. When you were born again, you were saved from more than sin. You were saved from those who would... There was, let me say it this way. You were separated from everything that would ever harm you. And you need to walk in that separated place. Not talking about moving to Wyoming and living in a cave with your beanies and weenies. No, we are to be as sheep among the people. We, don't, we are to carry the witness of the Lord and, and, and the testimony of our salvation, the testimony of the blood of Christ. But you're to be separated. The cross separated you not just from the law, not just from sin, but from those who won't believe what you believe too. Separation. That's why we got to come up and come up out of these places that's not preaching the message of the cross and refuse to. Refuse to. They've heard it. They've chosen not to go that way. And there's a preacher in Rusk that came to hear some meetings uh, that we were in over a year ago. And and before the meetings ever took place, that preacher they had a meeting and, and wanted that certain preacher's uh, they they didn't need his permission, but they really wanted him to get involved. And and he asked the people in that meeting, "Do we really want that message coming into our town?" And what he really was saying from his heart, if God would pour out his heart where everybody could see it, God sees it. But what he was really saying is, do we want the message of that man? Because I tell you right now, if you talk to this preacher face to face, he's not going to refute the message of the cross. If he does, he's got, he's got bigger problems. But he came to one of the meetings and he came up and shook my hand. Hi, just how you doing? God bless you. Good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And didn't even stay for both, both sets of meetings. But he's refused this message. Not saying he won't pick it up one day. God can bring you to a place that's a good whooping. If you're his, and listen, if you're a Christian and you're refusing the message of the cross, you're under the chastisement of God. He's chastening. Quit wondering why everything's happening to you. He's chastening you. He's disciplining you. It doesn't matter if you, if you do it in ignorance. My daddy whooped me whether I knew what I did was wrong or not. He said it was wrong. It was wrong. I got tore up. Even if I didn't, I, why are you doing that to me? Everybody else is doing it. I remember telling my mama that, looking up at her. I remember it like it was yesterday. She was washing dishes and I was looking up at her and she was chewing on me about doing something. And I said, Mama, everybody's doing that. And I'll never forget them fireball eyes looking down at me and said, is that what you're going to tell the Lord at Judgment Day? Boy, it made me so mad. It made me mad because I knew it was true. I wasn't going to say to the Lord at the Judgment Seat, oh, everybody was doing it, Lord. Because it don't matter if everybody's doing it. And that's where most of the church is at. They're looking for what's big, who mo who, who's involved in the biggest thing, and that's where I'm going. Must be God. I'm going to tell you, wherever the biggest thing is, I'll tell you pretty much right now, it ain't God. That's right. It's always been that way. Yes, sir. Mm. Oh, my 
But don't forget this. God not only... And, and you got to tie Scripture together, especially if it's in one verse. God forbids not only that Paul, but that any of his children boast in anything outside the avenue in which we know him, which is his love and kindness, his judgment, his righteousness, which only comes to us through the cross. Because in that place... Listen, we've been separated from what hindered us walking with God. We've been separated from the world, the devil, the flesh. They're still there, all three of them. The flesh, the devil, and the world, they're still existing. They will still destroy your lives unless you begin to come back to that place and boast in nothing but the cross. Think about that. If you think anything other than the cross works, the devil's got a foothold in your life, in your marriage, in your family. Let me tell you that right now. If you think anything other than the cross works for salvation or deliverance or provision or anything in your life, anything other than the cross, the devil's already got a lie in your heart. And unfortunately, that makes us begin to lie to others. I did it for years as a preacher. Hmm. So... Galatians 6.15 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything. Notice, for in Christ Jesus, those of us who are saved, circumcising yourself ain't getting you nothing with God. The Bible says it's not going to avail anything because it ain't what you do that avails, it's what Christ did for you. That avail, that's the only work that avails. The extension of that work by the Holy Spirit through us who have faith in that work gets us the grace of God, God functioning, bearing forth the fruits of His righteousness through what He's doing in and through us. And outside of that, it ain't God. And that's what the church don't like. You can't just put God in a box. I'm not. I'm keeping Him in the Scriptures. The Scriptures is the box. You want to call it? Don't call it a box, whatever. But I'm... Listen... I'm holding God to His Word, not some feeling or emotions. I'm holding God to His Word. Amen. Amen. For in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision. What does avail then? Look at the last four words, but a new creature. The new creation is what veils. Listen, not anything you do to your body, anything you put in your body, anything you throw up out of your body, anything you mark, you cut, you pierce, it avails nothing. So don't tell me you're getting a, a tattoo for God. You're not. You're getting a tattoo so people will look at you. Don't tell me you're getting things pierced because you're free. No, you're getting things pierced because you want people to look at you, notice you, and God's not noticing through tattoos and piercings. He's noticed through the gospel that you offer them and the life of the gospel you live. I know I'm hurting feelings this morning, but they got to be heard if we're going to be delivered. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's not availing you anything. I know people who said you got to get all tattooed up to go minister to the bikers. Their faith is in the power of their tattoos. Their tattoos, they think, is their open door into the bikers. Listen, the gospel's your open door. Well, they wouldn't listen to me till I got marked up. They ain't listening to you now. They like you marked up. Yeah, that's exactly right. You listen. Well, Paul said you got to... No, it's a misinterpretation of Scriptures. You don't have to commit sin. If, you, if you're committing sin, doing something that's worldly to try to reach the world, it's not the gospel your faith is in either. Hmm. Notice this, though. The only thing that avails in Christ Jesus is the new creature. The new man through his faith in Christ. Because he lives by faith. And faith doesn't make you cut yourself, pierce yourself, mark yourself up. Faith allows you to present Jesus. How do I do that? The fruit of holiness. The character of Christ. Loving, caring, praying for. Not just those you got on your list, but those that don't have you on theirs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Galatians 
Now, we could stay on 6.15 for a long time. There's a lot that could be said there. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision but a new creature. But when you're reading this, you have to ask yourself, why did he write this? Why did the Holy Spirit tell Paul to tell them this? Because it was all about them being circumcised and coming and serving the law of Moses. It could be anything today. Typically today it's not circumcision, but it is. You have to do these three things if you want God. If anything you do can't save you, can't sanctify you. It's your faith God's looking for in Christ and what He accomplished and finished for you at Calvary. Verse 16 says, And as many as walk according to this rule... Peace be on them in mercy, and upon the Israel means the people of God. Walk according to what rule? This boasting in nothing but the cross. This knowing that only the new creature is what's going to avail. Nothing I do to my body, nothing I eat or don't eat is availing. It's my faith in Christ. It's my faith in that which made me a new creature. That faith avails. And that faith works by love. If it's not working by love, and that's the love of Christ who loved me and gave Himself for me, then it's not even really biblical faith. Just because I say I'm believing something in God's Word doesn't mean I know how. Doesn't mean I'm believing it in its proper context. And you hear me teaching it all the time. Proverbs 8 and 8. All God's words are in righteousness. Righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Think about that. So that means all of God's words are only revealed through the gospel. So if I'm looking at a verse and, and I'm thinking I can just have that because it's written and I'm, and I'm asking God for it. Listen, James said, you have not because you ask not. But when you ask, you still don't have it because you just want it to consume it on your own fleshly lust. And here, if it's not faith that's coming, then our prayers are not asking in faith. They're asking in the flesh. Oh, somebody's going to get mad today, if I'm not understanding, believing God's Word in its righteous context, that means faith can't come, only flesh can be uh, built up, puffed up, and everything I'm asking God for is according to the flesh. And we wonder why we're not receiving? James told us, first of all, you're not receiving because you're not asking. Once you get past that, you need to make sure you get over the hurdle of having your faith in anything other than the cross because if you are, then you're really still asking according to, to getting something to consume it on your own lust. Now, I'm just teaching better than you're amen and I know I'm, I'm losing viewers, but I'm gaining the people who praise God and love the truth. Hmm. Noah was a preacher of righteousness and preached somewhere around 120 years. I tell you, other than his family, and they probably struggled with him, other than his family, they didn't nobody come help him drive a nail, didn't nobody get on that boat. And that's Jesus said when he comes back, it's going to be just like that. People are not going to care about righteousness. They're going to only care about what they want to care about, passions and desires and fleshly lusts. Amen, Brother Curtis. I'm not going to church. I already know I'm not going to church Sunday, this coming Sunday, because I probably won't feel good. <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They get a little upset about something. They'll just stay home for a while. They'll just pull out. They, you know, and I understand. We, 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 we make excuses, but I don't want to get into all that. Help me, Lord. As many as one. Stop, think. As many as walk, that means live according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the, the Israel of God. I've got a note here that says this rule, this, the word rule here means standard and boundary. Measuring rod. When the child of God walks with exclusive faith in the cross of Christ, peace will be on them and mercy, which is God refreshing them each and every day with His new and tender mercies will be the experience of their life. I didn't say they'd walk through a, a bed of roses every day, but in the midst of whatever they're walking through, if this rule is what they're living, this standard, this boundary, this this faith in the cross and nothing else, then the peace of God will be upon God's people. 
Amen. We get in the flesh, we think we got to show somebody something. I'm not getting my way, well, I'll just show them. And it don't come out of these, but it is coming out of here. See, our actions don't always go from heart to lips to actions. A lot of times they just go from heart right into actions. And we're not saying anything because we're too smart to tell it. I'm not going to tell them I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm just going to show them. Mm. You know, you ever been mad at your spouse and, and, and they ask you what's wrong with you? Nothing. Yes. Well, you're showing them something's wrong with you. But your lips ain't telling them nothing. Everybody in the world's done that. Now, there's some folk, they got something wrong with them, they're not going to say nothing. They're going to blow your head off. You know it's true. Mm. Colossians 1.20 says, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. The reason I quoted this scripture to you is because make a note of it, Colossians 1.20 is the only avenue the peace of God comes. Not just once 40 years ago when you were saved and now you just got the peace of God. No, your faith has to be today. Now faith is the substance. Your faith has to be now in that which offers you peace, which is Christ and His cross. It's only through that avenue peace comes. There are millions of Christians who are in turmoil today. They don't know what to do. They're in chaos. Their families are in chaos because they don't have the peace of God. The reason, there ain't five reasons, there's not two. There's one reason they don't have the peace of God. They're not walking in the faith where the peace of God is found. Listen, what God offers, there is no maybes or mites. What God offers, He offers to us in experience, by faith. Amen. Every one of us that are here this morning, those listening online, you're not experiencing some, th some things you used to experience because of your faith in Christ. And you are experiencing some good things today that you were not experiencing because of your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. And that's God wants you to experience. Remember earlier what Jeremiah prophesied? If you're going to boast in me, if you're going to glory in anything, you better glory in that you know me and that you understand me because I delight in loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. That means among men. I know I've already said it, but we need to say it again. Among, that means from one another to one another. Hmm. And, I'm, and I'm bringing this up about where peace comes from. The only avenue of peace comes from because he says here in this 16th verse, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them. That means faith in the cross. That's why Paul said, I'm only going to boast in the cross. I've found where peace comes from. I've found how the Holy Spirit works in my life to bring the provision I need. Galatians 6.17 says, From henceforth, which means from now on, let no man trouble me, because I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he's, just a, he's at the end of the closing of this letter. And what does he say at the very end of the letter? From now on, I'm not going to let you trouble me anymore. He says, my testimony is that I'm bearing in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, finally, Paul finally reached a stopping point and said that he refused to be troubled any longer by these doubters and others who just weren't going to listen because his proof was that he had the very scars on his body which he calls the marks of the Lord Jesus there from being persecuted. The very marks of persecution on his body proved he was only glorying in the cross because if he had quit, he would have less marks. He would, the persecution stops when the, when the message of the cross stops. That's why, that's why the world doesn't care and its religions doesn't care what you believe just as long as you don't believe the one absolute only way God has provided when you believe that and teach that, then they get in an uproar. The nations begin to be in a rage and come against you. All hell breaks out. But, and why is that? Because you are 
living for the one who is in control of all things. See, they don't like to think that a man that died on the cross really conquered all the world, the devil, and the flesh. But he did. Think about this statement. I think I read it uh, a couple days ago in Brother Swaggart's Bible, Expositor Study Bible. It says that the religious leaders in that day crucified Jesus because he said he was the Son of God. But God the Father raised him up from the dead because he was the Son of God. That's good stuff to me. That's good stuff. They crucified him because he said he was the Son of God, made himself equal with God, they said. But God raised him from the dead because he is the Son of God with power. Romans 1.4 says that, by the way, that, that, that he was raised from the dead and according to the spirit of holiness. What does it say? Let's turn over and read it. We've got a Bible right here. How about that? Romans 1.4 says, And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. His resurrection was a declaration that what He had done at Calvary worked. And that He was the Son of God with power. What He said He was going to do, He did do it. Amen. So He tells them right here, From, from now on, let no man trouble me, because I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've told you by word of mouth. I've written what God told me to write to you. I've become determined to know nothing else. I'm, I'm not going to glory in anything but the cross. If you want what's of God, you better hear me because from this point, I'm not going to let no man trouble me about this because my body's bearing the marks even of what I believe. If I was avoiding the cross, I, I'd be avoiding the marks. But I'm not going to avoid the marks. And some of you listening today need to hear this. This is true faith at work. You, listen, the message of the cross will bring the marks to your body. It'll bring criticism to your ministry. It'll bring persecution. But you cling to that which God has showed you is right. Don't forsake that. Don't let that go. Be determined to know nothing other. Amen. Nothing other. In the last verse, he says pretty much what he says at the beginning of this letter. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Be the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's powerful. Think about that. Our spirit, Paul is talking about, is who we are as this new creation, this new spirit, this new heart, who we are as a new creation in Christ. That's what he's been talking about. Think about that. He ends this letter in a powerful way. And let me tell you something, it wasn't just Paul writing a letter. What he wrote is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit gave him. A lot of church don't even believe that today. But everything in this Bible is the Word of God. There are big church meetings all over the world and, and, and debates on whether the whole Bible is the Word of God. Well, they can say what they want to. That's just the devil. That's the devil at work. Genesis to Revelation. I don't care what they bring to the table. Well, this really wasn't in the initial. They weren't there. Every word in this Bible has blessed me, helped me, and God is using it to light my path and to change me. As long as it's in the context that it should be in. Paul ends the letter with the same encouragement of grace as he is ending with the reminder that everything that God will do, He will do through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You move away from the cross, you move away from the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died by grace, Hebrews 2.9. That same grace through your faith in the cross is ushered into your life daily, Galatians 2.21. And through that grace initially declares you by God to be righteous. And after that salvation moment, then as long as your faith stays in what God did in Christ at Calvary, that grace, grace hadn't changed. It's the same grace Jesus tasted death by that's offered you to live by. There is no different grace. And it's only one avenue of grace. Grace brings the opportunity for you and I to be made righteous and to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness daily. 
So we're out of time. We've got about a minute left. I just want to say how blessed I have been teaching the book of Galatians, this great letter. We could back up and start over and teach it again and get twice as much the second time around. But I want to remind you, you can tell yourself to all these teachings on the YouTube channel at Curtis Hutchinson 316 on the website, The Crossway Church. And uh, just uh, pray for us this weekend. We're going into Wichita Falls for our meetings. Andrew will be preaching tonight. I'll be in the morning at 10 till lunch at 4217 Kemp Boulevard at the Hampton Inn Hotel there. And we're on the radio there in that city now about 10 times a week. So uh, uh, pray for us. Ask the Lord if He wants you to help us financially. Some of you, He will do that. Get on the website, The Crossway Church. Donate. Help us get these expositor study Bibles into the inmates' hands and to get this new cross preaching church up and running in Wichita Falls, Texas. We love you. We'll see you next Friday right here where we will begin our new teaching series on righteousness. Bring your Bibles, your pen, your paper, and don't be ashamed to come to this this uh, uh, studio even if you live in our area and belong to another church. We'll be glad to have you. Until we see you next week, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless.